0: share with you is a message that the lord birthed in my spirit this morning as i sat in his presence and meditated on his word and as i sat before him i started writing and you know within about 20 minutes i was able to to write all the notes down and have the message that I am about to share with you this afternoon the title of my message is called prerequisite for greater revelations of God prerequisite for greater revelations of God let me give you the definition of the word prerequisite prerequisite means a thing that is required as a prior condition for something else to happen. A thing that is required as a prior condition for something else to happen. And of course in this case is to receive greater revelations of God. What is the prerequisite for being able to receive an understanding or a greater revelation of who God is understanding the ways of god understanding the principles of the kingdom of god and how to live and operate in the kingdom and so we will look at this condition before we experience such revelations and in order to lay this foundation of the word that i want to share with you this afternoon i want to take you back to several months when the Spirit of the Lord guided me to a portion of Scripture which challenged my attitude as well as my faith in the Lord. I was deeply challenged by the Spirit of God when I read this portion of Scripture. It was like the Holy Spirit arrested my attention to focus on what I was reading and understand this man called moses who has seen so much of the glory and the power of god demonstrated in his life and yet he was not satisfied with what he knew of god what he had seen and what he had experienced in the lord and so the verses of scripture i'm not going to read the whole the whole portion of scripture but just two verses from exodus chapter 33 beginning with verse 17 and 18. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. These are the words which the Spirit of God anointed and challenged my attitude and my faith in the Lord. Here is Moses on top of the mountain, having a private, intimate conversation with the Lord, and he utters a passionate plea, asking the Lord to reveal his glory to him. It was not just a casual prayer request. It was a passionate plea arising from the heart of Moses because he was so hungry and so thirsty to come to know this God who has called and anointed him to deliver a nation out of the clutches of slavery. Here is a man, we need to understand that this is a man who had seen the glory and the power of God. He had experienced so much of the glory of God like no other human being before him. And yet, he continues to hunger and to thirst for more of God. He was not satisfied with what he had seen, what he knew of the Lord, because somehow he knew there was so much more of God for him to see and experience And he continued to press into God's presence for greater revelations concerning his glory and power. That really spoke to my heart, caused me to search my heart. How thirsty, how hungry am I to see the glory of God, the goodness of God demonstrated in my own life and in the life of my loved ones. The Word of God says in Psalm 107, verse 9, please mark down that verse of Scripture and meditate on it, because it holds the key to greater revelations of God. The psalmist said, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I'm going to read that again. This is, this is the key. This is the prerequisite that we're talking about. For greater revelations of God's glory, of God's power, of God's goodness, of God's love. For he satisfies the longing soul. Our soul has to long for God and God alone. And then he says he fills the hungry soul with goodness. From the word of God, we understand that God can only satisfy those who long for him. Those who hunger and thirst for his presence. He can only fill with his goodness Those who have this divine hunger and thirst for the Lord. And we draw the conclusion, therefore, if we desire, you know, you can have as much of God as you desire. No more than what you want. Why? Because God will not force himself on us. He gave us the freedom of choice and the will to seek him. And he says, if you seek me and seek me with all of your heart, then you're going to find me. So if we desire to see, to experience the glory of God in a greater measure than we have ever known, there has to be a divine longing and a hunger in our soul for God and the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. Amen? Jesus himself said in Matthew 5 and verse 6. Listen to what he said. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. Who's they? They who hunger and And thirst after righteousness. Divine hunger is evidenced by our seeking after God. It is evidenced by our attitude towards the things of God and the things of the Spirit of God. How would God know, how would I know, how would you know that you are really hungry after God? If there is a hunger that is preserved, that is guarded, and is protected in our soul, that hunger will be evidenced by our seeking after God with our whole heart. God speaking through Jeremiah in the Old Covenant said the following. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, we read the following. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Notice the word search for me with all of your heart. There has to come a seeking from our hearts that is wholly devoted to God. Because nothing else can satisfy us but only his presence. We were created in such a way that nothing else will ever satisfy a human being but only by the presence of God. In the New Covenant, Jesus promised the following. In Luke 11, verse 9 and 10, Jesus said, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, knock. And it will be opened to you for everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus said everyone who asks, receives. Not just some people, but everyone who diligently and genuinely seeks the Lord and asks. The Lord will be found by that person. Now here is some good news. The good news is that God placed in our hearts when we got born again a divine longing, a divine hunger for the things of the Spirit and the things of God. That hunger was deposited within us when we were reborn by His Spirit. That hunger cannot be satisfied or quenched with anything else, but only with the presence of God. Now, this is what we need to do, though. What we need to do is guard and protect that hunger by continuing to seek God and the interests of His kingdom. You see, that hunger is already in you and in me. It is there by the Spirit of God. Everyone and anyone who is born of the Spirit naturally longs after God. He hungers for the things of God. But what happens many times, we do not protect, we do not guard that hunger. And it is swallowed up by other things. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Our hunger for God and the things of the Spirit diminishes when our attention and our focus is turned away from God onto the things of this world. That's what kills our divine longing and divine hunger for the things of God is when our focus is diverted away from the Lord, away from his word, away from his kingdom onto the things of this world. It is for this reason that Jesus said, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat Or what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cupid to his stature? Therefore, do not worry. Notice how many times Jesus said, do not worry. Do not stress. Do not have any anxiety about your life, about your what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear." Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need all these things. Now, that is why Jesus warned us and cautioned us that if we spend our time worrying and stressing and thinking about natural and physical things instead of seeking Him and His kingdom, our hunger for Him will shrivel up And diminish unfortunately this is what happens with many believers many believers are in this category they have allowed themselves to be caught up to be entangled with the worries the cares of this present world to the point where they are dried up spiritually they lost their joy and their appreciation for God and the things of God. Many have lost sight of God. They are in church, yes. They pray sometimes. They read the Bibles. But this worry, this stress, this anxiety about their lives, their future, their tomorrow, their financial situation has caused them to lose sight of God and the great salvation. He has wrought for us in Christ Jesus. And all because they have allowed themselves to be drawn away by the cares of this world and the desire to succeed. There are many references in the New Covenant where we are given stern warnings not to entangle ourselves with the things of this world which ultimately, Jesus said, will choke the word of God, the very life of God in our lives, making that word unfruitful. In the parable of the sower, sowing the word, Jesus gives us such a warning, saying, in Mark 4 and verse 18 and 19, the Lord himself said, Now these are sown among thorns. Which are the ones that Jesus is referring to here? The ones who have received the word, okay? The ones who heard the word, but he said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering into the heart and minds, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. There's nothing wrong with the word. The word is powerful. The Bible says it is an incorruptible seed that brings life and fruitfulness. But we have to protect that word in order for that word to become fruitful. We have to keep the tears out. We have to reject the stress, the worry, the anxiety that this world brings on to us and tempts us with. Paul, writing to Timothy, says, listen to what Paul said to his disciple. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. When you got born again, you entered the war. There is a war going on for the souls of men and women. We are soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ called to be an extension of his kingdom here on the earth. We must not allow ourselves to be entangled or enslaved by the affairs of this life, the cares, the worries, the stress, the anxiety, the fear, because if we do, then we're not going to become productive and fruitful in the kingdom of God. Paul, once again, writing to the Colossians, he says to them in chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Over and over again, the scriptures point us to keep our eyes, our focus, our attention on the Lord Jesus and the things which pertain to life and godliness. Again, the Apostle Paul warns Timothy saying in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11 and 12, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because I want to drive home this very truth that I'm sharing with you today. This is the number one killer of our joy and our peace in the Lord. If we can overcome here, we will become productive and fruitful in the kingdom of God. He warns Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 verse 11 and 12 saying, But you, O man of God flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now let me ask a question. When Paul says to Timothy, man of God, flee these things. What was Timothy to flee from? The previous verses of this chapter tells us what he is to flee from. He says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, please listen carefully and let's, uh, and let's um, explain or divide the word of truth rightly the desire for riches and the accumulation for things. In other words, greediness, covetousness. Once they get hold of the soul of the person, the word of God says they lead him down a path of destruction causing him to depart from the faith. What we pay attention to What we focus on will ultimately overcome us. We are created that way by God. If our attention is on God and the things of God, divine hunger will overcome us. And the peace of God coupled with the joy of the Lord will abound in us. But if we focus our attention on what this world has to offer, We will be overcome by its cares, worries, and ultimately lose our peace and joy in the Lord. Let me share a little bit of a testimony. You know, before I went out, released and commissioned by the Lord to preach the gospel, I was in business. I was in the retail business. And this was the biggest battle I fought as a young believer. While being in the retail business, it was a continual battle for me not to give in and be swallowed by the pressures of the business world and the desire to accumulate riches. Everyone around me in the Greek community where we lived, there were businessmen. Everyone was a businessman. They owned business themselves. One, two, three. And, and we were in the midst of that atmosphere and that environment. And believe me, it was a continual battle to keep my focus on the Lord and not allow this desire to overwhelm me and to enslave me. The way I fought and won this battle was on my knees in prayer and meditation in the Word so that I could keep a balance and stay my heart on the Lord and the things of the Spirit. It was a real battle. But thank God, by the grace of God, I managed to stay focused pursuing the Lord. If I had not overcome at that point, I would not be in the ministry today. I would have missed God, the the desire for riches and gain and and, uh, and, 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 and all of those things would have diverted me from the path that God had chosen for me. But I thank God for his grace. And listen to me. Many believers do not realize how subtle this worldly pressure is. And because of this ignorance, instead of fighting it, They surrender to it, and they become enslaved by it. That's how the world is. That's how the marketplace is. And if you do not resist it, if you do not fight it, it's like a treadmill that you get on, and it carries you, entangling you with the worries, the cares. And today, uh, uh, the marketplace people will squeeze you for anything they can get out of you. Thank God there is deliverance and freedom from this bondage if we want it. And this is is the solution. The word of God admonishes us that contentment with godliness is great gain. Listen to what Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6 says. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my provider. I will not fear what can man do to me? Paul tells us the same thing. He says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Now, let me explain this. Does that mean we should not try to better our lives in this world or desire something better for us and our children? Does that mean that we should not have or desire any of the goods that this world has to offer? That is not what the Word of God teaches. And I'll explain. We need to rightly divide the word of truth and not say things the word of God does not teach. God says in his word, listen carefully now, that if we seek him first and his kingdom and his righteousness, all of these things that the world strives, worries, kills, steals and lies in order to obtain The Lord says, if you seek me first and my kingdom, I will add them to you. Now, there is a difference between God adding riches to you and you striving to obtain riches. He says, God said in his word, Matthew 6.33, if you seek me first, and my kingdom, I will give you those things. I will add them to you. And when I do, he says, they will not hurt you. Now, scripture says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, I want you to underline this and read it in your own Bible. The Lord says in Proverbs 10, Verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Wow, that is a powerful verse of scripture. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and that blessing and those riches that God adds to you, they will have no sorrow in it. God's blessing on your life will make you rich. And the riches God gives you will not add to you pain, sorrow, stress, or anxiety. But listen, it has to be Him giving it to you and not you trying to get it by pursuing it through your own striving, your own toiling, your own worrying yourself to death. Do you see the difference here? God is not against riches and wealth and resources. He is against us worrying and striving and seeking after those things. When we have our priorities wrong, then we will divert ourselves from the faith and pierce ourselves with many sorrows. But if we keep our focus on God, if we keep our priorities in the right place, and we seek Him first and His righteousness, as we do that, all these things will be added to us. God will supernaturally add wealth and riches to you when you make God the pursuit of your life. And I can testify to this very fact. My life has been a testimony of that. I have seen God add to me without me trying to get it, worrying, striving, working 12, 15, 16, 17 hours a day. I recall my brother said this to me one day, I'll never forget it. He said to me, I don't understand you. Here I am. I work from morning until late at night, 16, 17 hours a day, slaving away in working for other people, and I have nothing to show for it. And here you are. I know you. You haven't worked that hard. You haven't worked as hard as I have. And yet look at you. I said, well, if you want the secret, I can give it to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, this is my advice to you. If you will spend your days loving God, seeking him with all your heart, worshipping him, seeking the interests of the kingdom of God, he will add to you more than you will ever need or desire. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you do, then stop worrying, stop stressing, stop being anxious and just Believe God, seek him, meditate in his word. Open up your heart and your mind to the Lord and say, here I am, Lord. I'm yours. I'm your servant. I was born to serve you. I was born to love you. I was born to worship you. I was born to seek you with all of my heart. And when you do that and give him the first place in your heart and in your mind and pursue him and the interests of his kingdom supernaturally, the blessing of the Lord will begin to work in your life and add to you riches without sorrow, without pain, without heartache. Amen? Hello, just do something. Let me know that you're listening. Praise God. Listen to what Romans 8.32 says. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is the one who loves to give to you. Not you killing yourself trying to get it. God gives abundance. He gives prosperity to those whose heart is wholly given to him because he knows. He knows that he can trust them with resources and wealth. He knows that when he gives them this prosperity, they will distribute it where he directs them to. They're not hoarders. They're givers. They're generous people. They let the blessing of the Lord flow through them. They understand that the reason God blesses them with resources is because he wants them to be a blessing and become distributors of God's goodness to those he directs us to. They support the kingdom of God. They support the work of God on earth. They support the poor. They give and they give generously. And because of that, God can entrust them with great wealth, great riches, great resources, because God knows they will become channels of his blessing wherever he directs them. So here is what I believe God wants to communicate to us through his word this afternoon. He said, be satisfied with such things you have in the natural, but never be satisfied with what you have Or experienced with God. Continue to hunger. Continue to thirst for more of him. And let this hunger manifest in your life by seeking him with all of your heart. The rest will be added to you. And when the blessing of the Lord adds to you this riches, this resources, this wealth. Believe me, there's no pain in it. There's no hurt in it. It's just sheer joy and pleasure. Amen. So the prerequisite for greater revelations of God is to protect this divine longing, this divine hunger for God and the things of God. We need to guard our hearts from the influence of this present world, from the pressures that this world, the temptations they put on us. And begin to really trust God, seek God with all of our hearts, allowing him as a loving father to add to us the things that we need, the things that we desire. And it's a blessed life. It's not a life with sorrow. Jesus called it the abundant life. Amen. It is a life that is filled with joy and peace. Uh, I'm not saying that we're not going to have any troubles. Jesus said in the world you will have tribulation. But fear not. I have overcome the world. And together with him we are world overcomers. Amen. So keep your focus where it should be. Keep your attention on God and his word and the interests of his kingdom. And Jesus said, the rest will be added to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word today. We thank you for your spirit that brings truth and light, that empowers us to live a life that is wholly devoted to you. Thank you that you did not leave us on our own, You have sent the Spirit of your Son within our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And by the help of your Spirit, we are able to seek you and seek you with all of our hearts. We are able to focus our attention on you. And as the Word directs us, to seek those things which are above and not the things that are on the earth. I pray for my spiritual family today, Lord, that you would guard our hearts, that you would empower and enable us to guard our minds and our hearts from the cares of this world, from the worries, the stress and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things. Enable us to keep them out, out of the garden of our hearts, out of our minds allowing the incorruptible seed of the Word of God to reproduce after its kind, 30, 60, and a hundredfold in return. And so I commit my spiritual family to you, Father today, and I give you thanks and praise for each and every one of them. Father God, I commit them to you and to the word of your grace which is able to build them up, able to encourage, able to strengthen, able to protect them in every way, so that they may obtain an inheritance among those who are sanctified. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.